to poll or not to poll? That is the question. <laughs> Welcome to episode four of Voter Talk Election 2023 podcasts. I'm Heather Roy. And I'm Simon Ewing Jarvie. Heather, have you ever been polled? I have. Um, it was quite some time ago. Uh, I think it was when Colmar Brunton was still doing polling for TV One, and I was an MP, and they didn't ask if I was an MP, so not eligible, and I answered the questions. So you skewed the poll? No, I was one person out of about of a thousand who gave my political views. <laughs> they, they did actually ring me once when I was a candidate, and they said, oh, you know, introduced, would you like to do a political poll? And I said, I think you might be talking to the wrong person, because I am actually a candidate in this election. Opportunity missed. Yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, <laughs> so, so today we're going to talk about the political polls. Um, what do they tell us? Um, there's so many polls, which ones do we believe? It's a populous country. Yes, and something that's come up, quite recently is a bit of a discussion about do the polls reflect behaviours or do they shape our behaviour? Mm, that is interesting mm. um, in terms of people trying to pick a winner and back, the, back them. Yes, yeah. and I think as, um, well we'll talk about this a bit later in the podcast, but as we move closer to the election I think there is the potential for them to shape. Mm. Okay, so what mm. do they actually tell us? Each individual poll is just a snapshot in time essentially, so it asks a number of people, usually around a thousand, uh, what their views are, who they who they are going to vote for, um, or if they're not going to vote for anybody, and it goes through the spectrum. Uh, they usually ask uh, questions around the preferred prime minister, and most are now asking whether you think believe that the country is moving in the right direction or the wrong direction. It's interesting because that's a quite a qualitative sort of assessment for people to, yeah. it's a bundle of thing, issues from the economy yes. to health and education. Yeah, and, yeah. it is. But polling's quite a science, and so they need to ask a raft of questions so that they can extrapolate things from them. It's certainly not quite as simple as just looking at yes-no answers and questions. Uh, there is a lot of mathematics that goes into providing the results that mm. we that we are, that are published and we see. Yeah. So the actual numbers, given how many different polling companies, and there's at least four... Well, there's more than that. Uh, yeah, so TV1 has a polling company that's now called Varian. Varian. Uh, TV3 use the News Hub Re Read Research uh, poll. Mm -hmm. uh, the parties have polls. So yep. the Labour Party pollster is Talbot Mills. Yep. Uh, the Curia Taxpayer Union poll is another one that yeah. uh, polls monthly. And Courier used to be the National Party's pollster, eh? They did used to be, but they're now the Taxpayer Union's pollster. Right. Uh, and the Australian company Roy Morgan uh, hmm. actively polling in New Zealand monthly. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, and then there's um, you know the statisticians who have put together models of polls of polls, so yes. sort of weighted averages and trends. That's right, and it's a fair comment when you see people say that these are much more accurate because they've taken all the polls and um, and average the results out. Yeah. There are some standards around polls in New Zealand, aren't there? Yes, there are. There's a thing called the New Zealand Polling Code. And, uh, for example, when the New Zealand Herald does its poll of polls, it only includes the uh, polling companies that are signatories to that polling code. Yeah. I was having a read on the, the latest Herald article mm. about that. And for instance, they don't mention Roy Morgan as being one of those, and I couldn't find them listed in the member companies on the polling code either, but they're actually a substantial pollster. They are. So if if the Herald isn't including the Roy Morgan poll in its poll of polls, mm. uh, then it's it's potentially not quite as accurate as it might be because they are well regarded, and uh, certainly I don't think there's any question that they don't act ethically. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, if the numbers are just they're showing a snapshot on the day, yep. the Polar Poles tries to simulate, basically using a computer, what would happen if there was an election this weekend and then what would happen on 14 October, which is the projected election date. Yes. And then look at the trends and there's a whole lot of other issues that they simulate and they're like, I guess, um, wildcard happenings in different electorates and so on and so forth, overhangs. Yeah, they look at a whole range of things. Um Again, those polls are polls are usually a snapshot of the previous month, mm. uh, and polls do get more accurate, obviously, as you approach election day. Mm. Uh, the thing that to remember is it's the trends that are important rather than individual polls. So yeah. an individual poll gives you a snapshot in time. Uh, the polls of polls look over a slightly longer period and average everything out, so mm-hmm. should be a little more accurate. But the thing that is really important at the polit- and that the political parties look out for are the trends. So is a party going up in its support or is it going down? And that information is useful to it when it's um, when it's determining a whole range of things leading into an election. Yeah. If you're really interested in um, the, all the polls sequentially by all the companies, all the major companies, a group of people have gone to the trouble of putting them together for you on Wikipedia. So if you go onto Wiki and you just... Um, search for the New Zealand general election 2023 polls, they're all there at a table. Yeah, it's very very good information and Mm. it does give you a much more complete picture than just the television news will win and a new poll comes out, Mm. for example. Um, I think the really interesting thing from the Wikipedia uh, data is when you look at the question, is the country moving in the right direction or is the country moving in the wrong direction, that is something that certainly influences the behaviour of, or the voting behaviours of those people who aren't wedded to one particular party, election in, election out. So um, for approximately, I think, the last year, or really since covid that that figure has been changing, hasn't it, Simon? Yeah, so the, all the pollsters in one way or another ask, is the country headed in the right direction or in, in the wrong direction? And then they take the differential to give an overall uh, approval rating or disapproval rating. So, for instance, if you had 60% saying headed in the right direction, 40 saying, 40% saying wrong direction, the differential score is 20% believe that the country is headed in the right direction, so nearly a quarter. You know, fifth of them. When you look at the, the data from, um, and Roy Morgan started this question off, they've been, they were the only polling company asking it for quite a long time, the others have picked up on it now, but when you um, go back to just after the last election, the approval rating was overwhelmingly positive, you know, 50% basically, or in some cases more, sometimes a little bit less, until COVID lockdown bit. And uh, I think it was the second lockdown, mm-hmm. somewhere around there anyway. So we basically had 18 months after the 2020 election of people feeling quite positive. But halfway through that period, it started to slide. And then it went negative at the in November 2021. And mostly it's been negative ever since. There's been the odd outlier poll, small, small approvals. Uh, but it's just got more and more negative in terms of the direction of the country and in the most recent poll um, the Taxpayers Union Courier one we saw a big blip now that may be an outlier as you say we've got to mm. look at trends but there's no doubt the trend in terms of disapproval of country direction is going one way yeah and I think as the um, economy is starting to bite um, on top of uh, 
what people perceive as a lack of uh, liberty, really, lack of freedom around the COVID lockdowns, uh, there really is quite a movement now showing that people believe the country is heading in the wrong direction. Mm. Yeah, And it's hard to believe that that won't influence the way people vote. Talking about influencing the way people vote, some of the polls, uh, well, most of them actually also do a preferred prime minister question. Yeah, is, never... is it of any use? Well, I think it's probably of use to the two people who are potentially going to be Prime Minister, but um, gives them an indication of their, their public support or not. Mm. Uh, but I never pay too much attention to that, to be honest. I think we've got a leader of the Labour Party, we've got a leader of the National Party, one of the two will be Prime Minister, and actually much more important is the party vote. And at the moment, as we've just been talking, uh, whether people feel the country's moving in the right direction or not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If We don't want presidential-style politics to become the norm. No. If we were... Voting for a president, probably that's a useful question to ask. But the Prime Minister is just one vote around the Cabinet table. That's right. So what's your view, Simon, on whether the polls um, reflect the public mood or whether they shape it? Um, Well, well, I think I'm going to have a dollar each way on that one. But remember there's another element. There's the numbers that are not yet decided and they can sit around seven or eight and even up to like 15 percent yeah they that that's the potentially the people who actually decide whether the government changes or not yeah you don't need very you don't need very much of a swing to to move to, to change a government eh? sometimes uh you just consider the 10 percent of people in the center truly in the center mm. uh, who swap votes each election uh, those people are often the ones who decide the election outcome. Yeah, I remember it being described to me once as um, the twenty percent. The, the outcome is decided by the twenty percent who make up their mind in the fourteen days prior to picking up an orange pen and marking the paper. Yeah, and sometimes that decision is made as they pick up the pen. Yep. Interestingly, several countries don't allow polling in the short period before an election. In mm. some places, it's a week. In some places, it's a month. And I think that's an accommodation to make sure that the polling isn't shaping public view rather than people making a genuine decision for themselves. Yeah, I, so I tend to two, agree with that. Yeah, and I'd, I'd certainly like to see us have a, a two-week period, possibly ahead of the election, when uh, when polling ceases. Yeah, I mean, if there is a, um, a significant minority making a choice in the last 14 days, suddenly when you know life's busy and then suddenly they think, oh, I've got to vote next Saturday, yep. you don't actually want that that influence coming at them at that point. Yeah. Uh, So when you're looking at the polls, there's a couple of things to look out for. At this stage, I think it's important to to look for whether the country's moving in the right direction or the wrong direction. It's important to look for the trend. uh, And there's plenty of people out there putting graphs together that show you those trends. It's important to look at how many people are undecided yet. And if that's around 10%, you need to take that poll with a bit of a grain of salt because the uh, the difference might be quite significant. And there's always a margin of error with polls. Mm. Uh, usually it's around 3.1%. So if a, a small party is polling at 2%, they might be out or they might actually be at 5%. Mm. need to keep that in mind. Yeah, a poll sample of 1,000 always throwing up around 35 3.4%, 3.4%. Yep. And the minimum, if you're subscriber to the New Zealand polling code, the minimum sample size that you can use is 500. Yep. But so, by and large, you see it around about 1,000. A yeah. That's right. And that's uh, landline, cell phone, internet, uh, so it's research panels and also self-identified people who are interested. That's tricky, eh? Because whereas if you dial 03, you know, you know you're dialing the you know, top of the South Island, 
You don't know that with a cell phone. No, and there's no directory, so it's hard to get a truly random sample. You don't, they must just mm-hmm. have to ring a whole lot of people and say, hi, where do you live? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I haven't been, I haven't, no one's, my cell phone hasn't rung. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. The, the, the people aren't picking up the phone. <laughs> no. That's, a, that's anyway, political that's problem. Pulse. Anyway, that's Pulse. That's mm. um, Pulse. I had a whole lot of dad jokes. Yeah, I've, I've vetoed them. Um, if you've got some questions for us, though, we'd really love to hear those. We're going to do a, a, a podcast or two just answering your questions. So send those through either if you're signed up to us on LinkedIn or uh, on Twitter, then you can message us. Uh, you can contact us through the contact uh, section on our website, talkpoint.co.nz. Yep, that's T-O-R-Q-U-E point. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Heather Roy. And I'm Simon Ewing-Jarvie. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.